to another episode of Making Monsters. We are uh, pretty deep into this offseason now, but not deep enough to get rid of all of the Justin Fields trade talk. Um, I know I'm probably not alone in this, but it has become so, so aggressively annoying at this point. And I'm trying to hold my tongue when I'm on Twitter because I know there's no point. The people that believe what they believe are going to. There's guys out there and women just saying things to get clicks, and I get that. But when I see tweets about someone comparing how Bears fans feel right now with Justin Fields to how Bears fans felt with Mitchell Trubisky after the 2018 season, it just infuriates me because the situations are completely different, completely different. And when you look at the way – that fans were with Mitchell Trubisky. And look, I'll tell you, I was one of the ones defending him in the sense of just getting rid of him and starting over, and he was never going to be good. I I was like, okay, let's give this guy a chance, you know? Like, that that first year was just absolutely hot mess. Then we get to that next year, and we have a great year in 2018, but we all knew how much that was on the defense. And if you watched any Bears game that season, you knew the defense got them to the playoffs. Bottom line, there was nothing. Mitchell did enough, didn't mess up a ton, did did enough to just get them there. But we left that 2018 season winning the NFC North, winning 12 football games. And still, after that, people were still like, ugh, is he the guy? I don't know. The Jaguars just did this, and they signed Blake Bortles, and look how that turned out. He's not the guy. And... And that, that was the feelings then. There, were, there was hope. There was hope that Mitch would take a next step and that Mitch could be the guy. But there was nobody or at least very minimal people out there saying that Mitchell Trubisky was the franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears and he was going to be the quarterback for the next 10 years, the quarterback that we wanted, the quarterback we've been waiting for. Now we look at where we are with the Bears. We just won three football games. We have the number one overall pick in the draft. We had... Almost no offense whatsoever outside the run game this last season. Yet somehow we are saying Justin Fields is our quarterback. Justin Fields is our franchise quarterback. Build around Justin Fields. So you comparing Eric Eager on PFF, the two situations are so completely miles and miles and miles and miles apart of how feelings. It's just funny. I guess people want to tell us how we were feeling in 2018, and especially Vikings fans. You guys should know, if anything, what like the hopefulness of the complacentness feels like over actually being confident in a guy. So anyways, that's my quick rant on that. I, I just think that I cannot wait until we get to the point where this trade is just made and it's out there, and it's known that, okay, they're keeping Justin Fields. They've already traded their number one pick with the Colts or whoever it may be. And so you know at that point what's happening. Once that happens, obviously those trade talks go away, and then you're focusing in on, okay, now what do they do with that number four pick, that seven pick, that nine pick, whatever they end up getting, plus the extra compensation that they'll also get out of trading down. But anyways, this podcast is just me today, but I am being joined by uh, Nicholas Moriano, he is the beat reporter for the Bears for CHGO. Uh, CHGO has, puts out a lot of great content. Nicholas was just at the Senior Bowl. He was at the Super Bowl. He's about to go to the Combine. So he is all hands-on when it comes to the offseason right now. So I just really kind of wanted to get his perspective on some of the hot topics, some of the players that we can expect to stay or who's going to leave, some of the realistic free agents we could possibly get because obviously there's ones out there that – 
we want. We want Orlando Brown. We want Deron Payne. Those seem like they're already going to be franchise tagged, so that is not going to happen. Um, but there are other options. There's plenty of names on this list. There, We have plenty of holes to fill, so it's not like taking a, a couple like big-name guys off of our off of our list is obviously drastically changing. I do see the Bears possibly making like one big splash surprise move, um, but I don't know which direction they're going to go in that. I really do hope they like hone in on the on the trenches because both sides of that need help. And I just think that a massive improvement on both sides of that would take this team from three wins to eight wins. And then so if you can do even more beyond that that could possibly turn into something else. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump to this interview with Nicholas Moriano. All right, now we are joined by Nicholas Moriano. He's the Bears beat reporter for CHGO Bears. So thank you, Nicholas, for jumping on. I know you've had a very busy last couple months um, with everything with obviously playoff football, not the Bears, but uh, when you cover football, you cover football. Then you were at the Senior Bowl, you had the Super Bowl, so let's start with that. Let's talk a little bit about the you traveling to all of those places and dealing with that uh, senior bowl. Let's start with that one. What did you see? Did you see anybody who really popped out at the senior bowl that yeah. you liked? Yeah, in the senior bowl, I mean, each day there there was a different candidate for this is the rising star of the day. But if you look at just like in the trenches, uh, especially the offensive lineman, Cody Mouse from North Dakota State was a consistent winner in his one-on-one. You could tell from him, too, he's always got the belly hanging out. He's mm-hmm. missing his two front teeth, so he's pretty easy to spot, especially when he's making a good block in the one-on-one. Um, a guy, Keon White from Georgia Tech, is another guy that I think, if you're looking at the Bears' perspective and some of the players they'd be interested in, Keon White would definitely be a guy. He has so much speed off the edge and was another consistent guy, but for me... I think every year that I've gone to the senior bowl, I always tend to gravitate towards the wide receivers and DBs. So when I'm looking at some of these, these wide receivers, like Nathaniel Tank Dell from Houston, smaller, about five foot eight, 160 pounds, but creating separation like no other. You guys, you got guys like uh, Michael Wilson from Stanford, who I didn't know much about, but really had a good couple of practices there in Mobile, Alabama. Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Got a chance to talk to him after one of the practices. He's a big Justin Fields fan. I think that already works in his favor. But <laughs> a lot of wide receivers uh, were standing out. And it's a drill. One-on-ones is supposed to go to the wide receiver. But just how you can do it, I think, can also impress not only myself, but you know, obviously the, the teams that were down there looking for, for players to help out their football team. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because, obviously, I've talked to several people as I'm doing just kind of the strict – the strictly draft talk and a lot of them are saying that the wide receiver group as a whole isn't it kind of has a strong top two three and then there's a a little bit of a drop but you can probably find some of that later talent and I, I saw a graphic pop up today and it had the 2021 wide receivers that have the most yards since. And it was the obvious with Wade, uh, Waddle and uh, Jamar Chase, but Amon Ra was on that, and they got him in the fourth round. And I was like, see, you can you can find these guys that really can change your team later in the round. You just have to be able to spot that in the combine and in the senior bowl. But what about the Super Bowl? Because I think you said that was your first time going and covering the Super Bowl there. Yeah, it was my first time. So I hadn't. I thought I had an idea of what that that experience would be like with with media row and just everything that kind of goes into covering the Super Bowl. But 
it, a lot of it when with CHCO, my colleagues that were there and all city network, we were, you know, sometimes you see like a guy like Brian Urlacher just walking by. It's like, Hey, Brian, can we get you on the <laughs> podcast at some point? So you kind of go talk to their publicist and then, you know, try to work something out within the schedule. And it's a lot of just being on your toes. So that was really cool. Um, we also got a chance on the first day that Monday to talk to Matt Nagy and see what, you know, he had to say, obviously in a very different situation with the Chiefs and ultimately win the Super Bowl, but I got a chance to, he got a chance to reflect and open up about his, his tenure with the Bears, but it, it seemed like those two, it was basically two weeks I was in Mobile and then, you know, to the Super Bowl, it was just a, it was like a flash. It happened. Mm-hmm. I know it happened. I was there, but it's <laughs> like there are things that get mixed up, nights that get mixed up, but really cool experience. And uh, now, <laughs> on a week, next Monday, I'll be heading down to uh, Indianapolis to cover the NFL Scouting Combine. Yeah, we have some people from here going up. Unfortunately, I cannot, which I wish I, w- I, wish I was, because obviously the Combine is a place where you really get to get... And I- other than even just seeing some of the guys do the drills and run their 40s and do all of that, that's where you really get to kind of get the personalities because you talk to their coaches and they're like, yeah, they can learn the playbook quickly or, you know, they're they're hard workers or they're leaders. And that's where you get kind of all of that insight. So I'm sure we'll get a lot of stuff from you guys in that aspect. And I really enjoyed actually the Nagy interviews that you guys did because I think there's a lot of mixed feelings with Nagy also. And I've always been Nagy's a great guy, and I, I think that there was a lot. I didn't love him as a play caller, but I think there was a lot of moments where I was like, man, he's a good dude, and I feel kind of bad that it went the way it did. But I, I think that obviously moving on, the big storyline right now, and I feel like you are possibly as annoyed as I am with all of the different Justin Fields trade scenarios and everything that's going on, um, a lot of it from the outside point of view, as in not Bears fans or Bears media going these routes, but um, talking about drafting – Bryce Young and trading Justin Fields. What is your take on that? Yeah, Taylor, it's funny because actually earlier today I was just at, at the gym and, you know, there's a headline, should the Bears trade Justin Fields? And one of the workers there was like, no way. And I'm like, I completely agree with you. There's no <laughs> way the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields if Bryce Young's a guy. And then someone immediately walks in, looks at the screen, the headline, yeah, trade Justin Fields. So <laughs> it has been such a polarizing topic depending on who you talk to, but I just don't get why you, you would make that move when you saw you saw spurts of what Justin Fields is capable of, and he did that despite not having a consistent offensive line. He didn't have many guys that he can count on to make plays at, at the wide receiver position, and he's in a new offense with Luke Getty for the first year, and then you have that month in November. After, you know, after the commander's game where he's lighting up the league and yes, he did a lot of the the big flashy runs, but there were some definitely good passes in there. And that's, I think the biggest question mark that I think a lot of outside media still has with Justin Fields. Can he be a consistent passer? Well, how could he ever really show you what he's capable of with a team that he had last year? So for me, I want to see, Ryan Poles really commits to building this up around him. And yes, you have to start with the trenches and build up that offensive line. But for me, I think it's really important somehow, some way Ryan Poles is able to get Justin Fields a, a true number one wide receiver. I'm just looking at some of the trends in the NFL for quarterbacks going into year three, a lot has helped those guys jump because they got a number one wide receiver. You look at Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott. 
You look at Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Tua Tungavailoa, and Tyreek Hill. That all happened with those quarterbacks going into year three. They all take tremendous jumps. I think the same should be said for, for Justin Fields, and that's why I think it's a priority for Ryan Poles, the Bears coaching staff, to really upgrade that position group. And if you do that, then I think you can silence some of these critics and these question marks and the overall question, should the Bears draft Justin or trade Justin Fields? No, no will be okay. the answer. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I think I want to get to the wide receivers a little bit more in a second. But you were speaking of building from the trenches because obviously both sides of the line were just terrible this year. I, you can make an argument for the defensive line being the worst and you can make an, an argument for the offensive line being the worst. And so we actually had on our podcast last week, we had uh, Mike Gennetti from Spot Track, And obviously with the Bears having this much money, there's a lot of routes they could go. They could throw all the money at all of these splash players and try to do things like that but his recommendation that he said he thinks would go the best for the Bears is what he called boring and he said you know you're going to spend the majority of the money but go get a tackle get a guard get a center get some defensive tackles and he's like it may make some fans upset because you're not getting these like big huge names but when you build from the trenches it's going to help massively so do you see that being a route that the Bears will take you know I think it's a route that a lot of teams are now continuously in the playoffs have taken and you look at like even the Philadelphia Eagles a lot of those contracts for some of the defensive linemen offensive I mean it's not like they're they do have high tiered players no doubt about it but I think each one of these teams also had that middle tier so when you're looking at Bears and free agent signing like the name Yannick Ngakwe mm-hmm. um, is, is obviously not the the top end tier pass rusher right but could he be an up-and-rising young summer that could still be a productive player for the Bears? I think so, especially when you look at what the Bears didn't have at the position last year. We didn't see it consistently enough at all from Travis Gibson, who I was expecting you know, take a jump this year. Dominique Robinson, obviously being a rookie, he had, his best game came in the first game of the year against the San Francisco 49ers. He mm-hmm. never, never had a sack after that. So I think that's when you look at some of the free agent signings, yes, I know Bears fans wanted Deron Payne. He would have been a great fit for the Bears, but that doesn't seem likely. So maybe a, Dr- a Draymond Jones from from uh, Denver. Uh, obviously, again, not the, the top dog like Deron Payne, but that's what it's going to take because they do have the most cap space in the NFL, but there are also as there's plenty of holes and positions that need to be upgraded on this roster as well. So you keep signing players and you're you're going in free agency you're going to overspend, but it's going to add up eventually. So I think it's going to take a couple of those middle tier mm-hmm. signings to fill up this roster to hopefully make them competitive in 2023. Now, how much of that? Because you mentioned Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson. With Travis, I was super excited about coming into the season. We made we had kind of our list of guys we were most excited to see, you know, their jump or progression this season. And Travis was on my list because I just I liked the glimpses that we saw of him last year. And obviously, like you said, we didn't quite see what we wanted this year. And then Dominique Robinson being a rookie, how much of that do you though? How much of that do you think was affected by really not having anything in the interior to help them? out a little bit no that's definitely a big point because so much of what is going to make this defense work maddie or flu Allen williams is that they had that disruptive three tech and justin jones was brought in as a plan b um when ogan joby didn't work out but 
and he was arguably one of the better defensive players on the Bears defense, and that's a problem in itself. But he's not the disruptor. He's not going to garner the attention that you see from top and three tech. You know, what a Jalen Carter could provide for this Bears defensive line. And as as the consequence to that, you didn't you didn't have to double up on Justin Jones. You could leave uh, help to the outside then. And then Travis Gibson, I he just didn't win his one-on-ones, even when he yeah. had those opportunities. And that's going to be the issue. And I know he's transitioning from – you know, three, four back to a four, three. And I had talked to him a couple of times in, you know, throughout the course of the year about the lack of sack production. And he always kind of told me it's not the end all be all for sacks. Like you're also working on other things, but he knows he needs to improve. But if you can get a disruptor or Matt Eberflus calls the three tech, the engine of this defense, then I think that will ultimately help out the guys that are here and all the future signings that they're going to make to try to upgrade that position. Yeah, that's something I talked about a lot last summer because watching, obviously, I work in Jacksonville, too, for the Jaguars flagship, so I was uh, followed along with the Colts quite a bit. And so when the Bears got Eberflus, I was – I was very adamant about like I don't think we're going to see huge sack numbers from any one guy I don't think this like when you look at their stat sheet it's going to pop out huge but usually that's what he was known for is having that defense that just like causes a bit of chaos and I just obviously when your sack leader is your rookie safety doesn't look like it panned out too well but when you look at the free agency there's several names obviously like Bears fans are clamoring for because they're the big names Deron Payne and Orlando Brown and Saquon Barkley all of those seem like they probably will not happen but what are some of the more realistic guys that you can see the Bears targeting and it working out yeah like if we're looking at the offensive line and looking to upgrade there someone that would fit and even this player is a little bit polarizing for some Bears fans depending on who you talk to Mike McGlinchey the right tackle from San Francisco 49ers, a guy that will fit perfectly in this wide zone scheme. Did Micah Parsons throw him around a few times in that playoff game? Probably, yeah. but he does that it's to Micah a lot Parsons. of guys. Yeah. It's Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good if you don't know. But I think that would be a nice fit for a right tackle position that right now is up in the air. Riley Reese was finishing out the season at the position after Larry Borm really couldn't hold it down. So, you immediately upgrade the line, and that's going to help out Justin Fields. But that's a guy that I look like could could definitely help. Um, when you're looking at, again, going to the defensive line, actually a player that in Jacksonville, um, Arden Key will mm-hmm. be a free agent. And young, young, still a young player at only 26, 6'5", 240. He, he's a, probably a little bit smaller than what you Eberflus would like at the edge position. But at this point, like you, I want the I want Matty Refluce, Ryan Pole to kind of take some swings on those younger guys that were showing progress towards the end of last season. So maybe that's a guy that uh, Bears fans or the Bears will will keep an eye on. But yeah, the the big obviously Deron Payne would have been if you draft him as your three tech. If you're the Bears, you somehow get a trade scenario down to four with the Indianapolis Colts. Like it looks like Anderson. Well, Anderson would have been your guy, but. Now it kind of keeps things open for what the Bears can still potentially do with that number one overall pick and, and trade scenarios that will definitely come from having it. 
Yeah, I really like that Arden Key option, honestly. When the when the Jags got him last year, I wasn't totally sure what that would look like. But when you use mm-hmm. him right, it looks really good. He had four and a half sacks, but he was honestly like a rotational piece a lot of the time. Wasn't in there 100% of the time. Still got to the quarterback, at least pressuring the quarterback or hurrying the quarterback, whatever phrase you want to use for that. And so I, I like that. I honestly didn't think of that too much and considering also that I, I'm guessing they'll probably either tag – uh, Jawan Taylor or Evan Ingram, uh, depending what contract talks look like for them, that that would definitely be a good option. So I like that. And now that brings us to we saw that one of the Bears' first cuts with Muhammad. Um, what other names do you see the Bears making cuts with? Do you see any bigger names like that coming out? Yeah, the the main candidate I think uh, for the Bears to potentially cut is probably Cody Whitehair. Um, right now he's being paid like the eighth best guard in the NFL and it doesn't take a lot to, to you know just watching his play especially as of late to know that that's not the case for, for Cody White here the Bears will, will save a significant amount of money if they do so and you know I don't know if that now becomes a position of need of the draft that's the thing too like obviously you can keep Cody White here and he'll be decent mm-hmm. but you could save a lot financially if you can, you know, go away from him and maybe go to a, a younger option, um, maybe looking at free agency, a guy that could potentially work out. He's still got a, a young player, but Will Hernandez, who played with the Cardinals, more of a uh, Mueller type of guy. But mm-hmm. would that potentially work? Who, who knows? But I think that would be the main candidate. Um, I know a couple uh, my colleagues and I, we actually talked about a couple of other players. But just looking at, if you're just looking strictly at money, if the Bears were to move on from Eddie Jackson, it would be only financially because he played yeah. amazing last season, kind of resurrected you know, himself in this new defense. But financially, if you look at it, he is going to be the highest cap hit on the Bears this upcoming season. And, you know, obviously a different regime. But I think ultimately Eddie Jackson will be on, on this team. But Cody Whitehair would definitely be the name to kind of watch out for as the Bears continue to make moves. Yeah, I like personally keeping Eddie. I think Eddie's comeback season last year was good, and obviously we talked about how much getting him back to his natural position helped. And in mm-hmm. general, I think it's good to kind of have that veteran guy in in the young secondary that we have. And you saw how it all like really started to click when they were healthy. And when you're speaking of health, that's a big factor also when you're looking at the offensive line because I don't even know how many different variations of the offensive line we had. Last. I mean, 9, 10, 11 it had to be because I remember at one point we were at six or seven. And so I think that's a thing that the Bears need to look at too. I see like every name that pops up as an offensive lineman, uh, Taylor Lewan today. And I'm like, the guy's missed so many games. Like, I just want somebody who's going to be on the football field because you can't protect Justin if you're not on the football field. Um, so it'll be definitely interesting. Yeah. Which, right? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, Taylor, it was funny because I think the maybe it was the last game against the Minnesota Vikings or second to last game. Yeah, guys like Dieter Eastland, you know, taking yeah. snaps for the Bears and this like a regular season game. So <laughs> it speaks to your point about like the Bears, they just do need people who are going to be available. And that's mm-hmm. why it was such a luxury to have Braxton Jones at left tackle. Yeah. He didn't miss a single offensive snap all season and obviously being a rookie last year. So if the Bears like target guys and they're just consistently on the football field, Hey, that's also also a plus. You're getting an option that you at least know is going to be available on game day. 
Yeah, and that's going to be a talking point for Tevin Jenkins, obviously, going forward, too, because Mm -hmm. the move to right guard was he played great, and I loved watching him at right guard, but if he can't be out there, uh, there's not much he can do. Uh, So when you're taught, you spoke a little bit on wide receivers, so obviously the – there's the there's the hopefuls. There's the maybe somehow we'll get T. Higgins and a, a name like that. But obviously you have DeAndre Hopkins. You have a couple of the guys in, uh, with Godwin and Evans in Tampa that are possibilities that people are talking about. Today, a guy like Robert Woods got released. I'm not a huge fan of that, but some people are saying there is some upside in that depending on the contract. But what do you see realistically for a fit when it comes to wide receiver and free agency? Well, I wrote about recently that DeAndre Hopkins would be a guy that I'm really interested in. And I know I think the biggest knock on him that comes up immediately is that he's 30 years old and will be 31 in June. He's got the, still the big contract available. But I talked about earlier, like getting Justin a number one wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is still that. Last year, he only played four games with Kyler Murray and was able to put the stats that he had in what seven games or, or something along mm-hmm. those lines and that still shows me that that's still a player that can one produce defenses still need to worry about where d-hop is at and if the bears can have an opportunity even it's not the long-term answer too like yeah. that's uh you know when i was writing this that the article i did for all chdo it's like this is not your long-term answer he's not going to be here for you know maybe even this past contract but does he help Justin Fields in 2023 to be a better passer than he was the previous season? Absolutely. You're Mm -hmm. not also having to develop a wide receiver. Let's say the bears do end up trading back and somehow get Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio state. Great fit, but still he needs to learn this game and, you know, do so coincidentally while Justin Fields is trying to elevate his game. Instead, why can't you just go draft or if, if possible, get a guy like Deandre Hopkins and, Apparently, his, his no-trade clause has been waived to the um, the PEDs that he took, mm-hmm. and that now makes him more, more available with a new regime coming into Arizona. So if you can get a guy like that, still draft the wide receiver, now you're, you're letting D-Hop be that number one that Justin Fields could throw to on the outside, see what he can do in the vertical passing game, and also having another guy to still develop during the course of the season. And now you have some weapons. Yeah. With, with a guy like that, Darnell Mooney coming back, and Chase Claypool is Chase Claypool, and we'll see how that yeah. kind of works out there. And, you know, Cole Komet as well. So that would be a very enticing name to me. Um, I, You know, I we my colleagues and I talked about this a couple shows ago, but and Bears fans did not like it, but Alan Lazard, I put, brought up the name, mm. and everyone was like, no way, no way, Green Bay <laughs> Packer can't do it. And, like, I get it. But he also knows the system that Luke Getty wants to run. And no, he's not a number one, but does he help round out the wide receiver group? He does. There wasn't many, you know, many playmakers here in the first place. But, yeah, there's not the best names in free agency to Mm -hmm. kind of address this position. But a guy like T. Higgins somehow becomes available because of the cap, you know, the cap situation that the Bengals are going to be in having to pay Chase and Burrow. Now, I'd like those conversations to start beginning. 
Yeah, it's the same because I think it's easy right now for Bengals fans and others to say, well, you know, he'll take less because to stay with Joe Burrow and to stay in Cincinnati. But the moment that a team is like, but we'll give you this much money, Mm -hmm. uh, that starts to shift things a little bit. And it's always interesting to me to go back and look at the Chase Claypool. And I'm not trying to be like a defender of Chase Claypool, but it. I feel like he kind of got the short end of the stick when he came here because when he came, it was just one of those situations where obviously you're learning a playbook. He pretty much had to play like a few games later, so it was limited snaps. And then as soon as maybe you felt like things would get better, like Justin was battling with injury and then he was battling injury and then Darnell Mooney gets hurt. So then it was just like nobody to take away from anything. It was just kind of like, all right, Chase Claypool, go do your thing. So I'm really hoping, and that's why to me – the Hopkins idea sounds perfect because if you have Darnell and Hopkins and Claypool, obviously, some young receiver, Equinemius out there every now and then, guys like that, I don't really know what they're doing with Nikhil Harry, but um, I think mm-hmm. it just it looks like already an improvement, and that's what you want. And like you said, it's not supposed to be these long-term answers. It's supposed to say, hey, how can we help Justin right now as we start to develop some of these other guys? And maybe when the free agency for wide receivers is a little thicker, we'll be able to look more into that. But – uh, and moving on a little bit, I think the m- most Bears fans and media are kind of on the same page when it comes to the draft day. Uh, trade down, uh, if you can do it twice, that would be amazing. But the Colts, I think, for most people look like the ideal spot because you can still get one of those big names in Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Um, but what what is your opinion on that on draft day? What are your hopes? Yeah, the hopes are that the Bears are not selecting at number one when it comes to Draft time, the first sign of the draft. I think the best case scenario to help this football team is to acquire as many high end picks as possible. And you know, after after next week, these quarterbacks, in terms of like the attention they get, is going to skyrocket because of the combine. Will Levis is probably going to look amazing in shorts if he, you know he's throwing out there. So I think the big priority for Ryan Poles, this Bears coaching staff, is that. They come out of day day one with some picks for the number one overall pick, and let's say they, they do go back to four with Indianapolis. Like now, you have your choosing of whoever's there with with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. My preference would be Jalen Carter if that ends up being how the draft falls with two quarterbacks being selected. Arizona can easily take Carter or Anderson as well, and then you have the Bears at four. But I think that would be the best case scenario, and. You know, another intriguing trade back as I'm kind of looking at some of the, you know, the teams that are up there in the top 10, but Las Vegas is, is an interesting one. Having the yeah. number seven overall pick, they have a 38th overall pick this season. I don't know if you can, you can baggage that into a deal with next 2024 first rounder. It's like, okay, I can see that being enticing. And I think if the Bears can come away with some of these top edge rushers, like, I'm okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. I know Will Anderson is the top echelon guy, but you have guys like Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, Miles Murphy, Luke Van Ness from Iowa. There are some, there are some cable edge rushers as well that would be an immediate upgrade for, for Matty Refluse and Al Williams' defense in, in 2023. But trading back is, is definitely going to be key. If the Bears select at number one, I think most people, most you're getting an impact player, no doubt, but yeah. almost would be like a disappointment. Yeah, like you couldn't, you couldn't mortgage something else out, get somebody to jump up to to make this work. But ultimately, I think Ryan Poles will, you know, get a, a handful for this number one overall pick, especially depending on how far he 
is willing to trade back. Yeah, I had to talk myself into it a little bit. The first like three podcasts of the year we did like heavily on draft and we talked to all different draft guys and the one question I asked them consistently was like, so worst case scenario is we get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter at one, right? And that's not a worst case. And they were all like, you're getting a a guy worth the number one overall pick. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to tell myself that just in case something doesn't happen. And if the worst case scenario is getting a guy like that, I'm here for it. Um, But I do, I am over all of the trading Justin talk. So the sooner we make that trade, the sooner I'm going to be very happy. Um, One more little last, a couple like quicker hit questions for you of some of the guys and what you think uh, they will if they will be, I guess, a Chicago Bear, uh, Montgomery, David Montgomery, is he going to be on the Bears? Oh, this is this is a good. I mean, it's a good question, quick question, but ultimately, I, I, I think that the Bears can work something out with him. Um, I know that you know he's probably gonna. If you're if you're David Montgomery, you should look to go get as much money that you can in free agency. That's uh, there's there's no doubt about that. But I think the Bears and Montgomery can work something out where it's financially smart for him but it doesn't also break the bank for the Bears. So right now, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Uh, Jack Sanborn, is he a starting linebacker this next year? I think so. Um, he showed a lot of what he's capable of and did that without having a line that was occupying blocks. He showed instincts. That, you know, take away his undrafted status, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't know that about Jack Sanborn, the way he plays. So I think he'll be the starter. Okay. And what about Sam Mustafer? Uh Sam. Sam Mustafer. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's, uh, it's funny. I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's like a cockroach. You just can't, <laughs> you can't kill him. He just always comes back. He's always there. But I, I, Sam Buster is a depth guy. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. He just can't be penciled in as a starter week one at center. That's, that's where the issue is. But for somebody that has played the guard position or was doing that early on in the season in training camp, I'm okay with Sam Buster being on this roster just not the start yeah it was funny because last year I remember I, I literally think it was for like three snaps and Lucas Patrick was in and I was like oh gosh finally somebody else and then he gets hurt and I was like oh my god like you can't write the script like Mustafer is just hanging on for dear life and then a little later we had Olin Kurtz on and he, you know obviously that's kind of his guy because he trains him and stuff but I was just like man I was like we just he's just lingering but he's one of the guys too where he he had the second most snaps on that line he doesn't he's able to battle through a lot of things so it's definitely a good depth piece to have because you know he can come in and rock it if you need if you are dealing with an injury well not rock it let's just say hold it hold it down a little <laughs> bit um but yeah it'll be a really interesting and it's a very exciting off season for the bears obviously having this much money having the first overall pick and for most people thinking that they you have the future quarterback too you just need to start building around him so uh thanks so much for joining me nicholas i really appreciate all, all the stuff like you guys content at chgo is amazing so thank you so much Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thanks to Nicholas. That was really fun. Um, A lot of things I agree with him on, including the David Montgomery situation. I really, really wish that David Montgomery was staying. I saw a graphic the other day, and it was like, here's the top 10 running back free agents that, you know, like that are available right now or that will be available and it's obviously Tony Pollard and Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley and David Montgomery. And I'm like, and I think they had David Montgomery at like the fourth or fifth. 
And I'm like, we have one. Like, we already have a guy who is comfortable in our offense, has already worked with Luke Getze, has some comfortableness with, like, how him and Khalil Herbert work, how him and Justin Fields work. We saw him being able to work in the past game a little bit this offseason. I just personally don't understand why we would massively pay someone like Saquon Barkley uh, to come in here when, number one, we're – we're wanting to adjust a little bit. We're wanting to see some passing game in here. And so to have someone like David Montgomery, who is already comfortable with all of this, that will pay less than Saquon, I don't personally understand it. Um, but obviously that's decisions that the Bears are going to make and what they think is best for the offense as a whole. But there, it's going to be a very interesting uh, the rest of the offseason because – we're going to have to continue to hear these Justin Fields things until that trade is made. But now we're less than a week away from the combine. So now we're really going to be hearing about some of these names. Anthony Richardson. Um, the rumors just came out yesterday that they're, well, the mock draft from Chris Trapasso came out and he was saying that just uh, that the Colts could could trade up for to number one for Anthony Richardson. And some people were like, that's insane. And some people were like, well, the Colts had new head coach just came from Philly and he's worked with Jalen Hurts. He wants a mobile quarterback. He doesn't want a Bryce Young. He wants somebody who's going to be able to move. And Anthony Richardson's an absolute freak of an athlete. Do I think he's worth a number one overall? No. Would I want the Bears to take him number one at all? Heck no. Um, but is someone like the Colts and who maybe think they see this massive upside of this kid who's fast, he has an incredible arm, he's mobile, he's very, 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 very smart. He tests out of the water when it comes to football knowledge, just IQ in general. So it'll be really interesting because we're going to start seeing names like that really start rising up or dropping. We'll see, you know, what this, what Will Levis, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. The one thing I guess we really do have to hope is that one of these guys majorly stand out to the point where multiple teams are like, man, we've got to have this guy or it's or no, you know, because then that's when the Colts are going to try to get a hold ahead of the Texans. That's when the whoever the Panthers, the Raiders, whoever are going to say, oh, man, we have to have this guy. We got to get ahead of the, the Texans um, or the Texans are like, hey, we need to get up. We got to get this guy. And then other teams start panicking when we make that trade. And then another trade happens. Long shot. But you never know nowadays. So it, it's going to be. A pretty wild next three, four weeks because it is going to be between the combine and free agency and everything. And it's the first time in a long time that the Bears have had so much to focus on in these things because they have money, because they have that number one pick that they're trying to trade down from, because they actually have all of their picks. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really fun. But that's that's it for today. Obviously, next week we will probably have a lot more of the combine type stuff and guys to look out for and or guys that we heard had, you know, whatever they ran in their 40 or whatever they bench pressed or whatever great interview they did. We'll have all of that stuff. So we will catch you next week. I'm Taylor Dahl for Making Monsters. <laughs>